Well, hello, 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 and welcome. It is time, it is time, it is time for the weekend edition. Welcome again. You podcast listeners get a special treat this week because I kind of screwed up. There were some audio issues, and I wanted to make sure that you guys got the intro that you deserve. So this week we're going to be talking about the greening of Michigan and how stupid it is. We're going to be talking about an Instagram whistleblower who's afraid of having been blackballed. Probably happened. We're also talking about Elon. We're talking about AI, cybersecurity, Amazon, and Omegle. Rip. So be sure to subscribe if you haven't. That way, that way, next week, next week when, when we upload, upload another, another episode, episode you, get you get notified as soon as, soon as it goes live. So, so have, a good, have a good one. Tune in. Tune in sit down. Sit down and, relax. and relax. Hey, y'all. So, not sure where the audio went bad. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, but we're back. Um, anyway, so yeah, cybersecurity. We need to be humble about how we deal with cybersecurity because the threat landscape is always evolving. Um, these bad actors are always trying to get a step ahead and usually they are a step ahead um so be aware be careful be humble don't get cocky very real possibility of overconfidence leading to under preparation worth thinking about some of the possible reasons for the discrepancy that every IT leader should can and should identify and correct for there's a lot that we just don't know So yeah, be careful, be cautious, don't get cocky, don't think that just because you deal with one vector that you dealt with everything. Make sure, because just because you had a, a malware attack doesn't mean that someone couldn't run a DDoS attack or an insider threat against you. Most adverse events do not come about through deliberate attacks. 
things like data center outages and failed software updates may feel different on an emotional level, but from a business resiliency perspective, their impact on productivity, reputation, and revenue is absolutely of a kind with cybersecurity events. In our survey, the sixth most common cause of events was simply human error. If such things are not explicitly accounted for, your confidence may be misplaced. Have a critical eye toward your workings. The 1%. Just because you got two nines, that ain't enough. And then you still got 1% of the time that your systems are down. That's one day out of 100. 3.2 out of a out of a year that's a lot one in every hundred systems unpatched one in every hundred endpoints exposed Learning to adopt a critical eye, even when all systems seem to be reporting green, is a vital and all too often overlooked skill. Agreed. As I mentioned earlier, confidence is not necessarily a bad thing. You gotta feel like you have a handle on things. Otherwise, you're gonna have really low morale. Instead of having the, I got this shit, um, the shit sort of attitude, we need to realize that attacks are inevitable. Downtime is, is an inevitability. But how we recover from that downtime and how quickly we can recover from it those are crucial. Those are the things that we need to be working on the most. Sure, prevent it as much as you can, but understand that it's going to happen. You're eventually going to be hit in some way. So have backups in place. Be able to restore on a dime have incremental backups running almost constantly. Probably the best idea. And have multiple backups. Ideally something on site, uh, then at least one cloud backup. That way if something happens on site, you'll have access to that same data some, from somewhere else. Whether a, whether a setup like Backblaze or some other cloud provider. It's up to you. Um, focus on being able to recover from these disruptions. So be careful, be humble, and stay on your game. Confidence is not the opposite of humility, guys. 
It's not. You can be humble and confident. Humility just says, I know I'm not the best. I know I have blind spots. I need to find them. Confidence says, I can find them. I can patch my vulnerabilities. And moving on, Amazon going FOSS? What? Since when? Well, they're developing their own Linux distro. Big shock. Trying to move away from Android for their fire sticks and Wow, they've been working on this thing since 2017. It's internally known as Vega, and its development is thought to be almost complete, with the focus now turning to providing app developers with a robust SDK in a bid to entice them to support Vega alongside Android and iOS. Anyway, I don't know what the heck's going on today. So yeah, um, Amazon is developing Vega, almost done, um, built on Linux and uses React Native as its app framework. Uh, React Native also supports app development on Android, iOS, and a range of smart TVs. Amazon is offering an easy way for developers to create new apps for Vega hardware while also allowing them to run on older devices and the hardware of smart devices. So why are they taking the time and absorbing the cost of developing its own, their own OS? Until now, FireOS has been based on AOSP, which lags behind Google's own version of the mobile OS by several generations. For example, the latest Fire TV devices run Fire OS 7, which is based on Android 9 from 2018. That is some significant, not only technical debt, but security problems. My God. We've been on, uh, let's see. This is Android 14, I think, is the latest, um, for a few months now. And Amazon is realizing that this OS is not a great device 
a great fit for smart devices. Um, and Google doesn't use Android for its own smart device range. Huh. So they'll have their own nimble OS that can control and tweak to work across its entire range of smart devices. TV sticks, smart TVs, Echo Show, and even in-car entertainment systems. Uh, unlikely we'll see Vega running on a smartphone because we all remember what happened the last time and Amazon tried re releasing its own phone. Yeah, the Fire Phone was god-awful. Just awful. Um, <laughs> it bombed horribly. Anyway, so yeah, that's what's going on. It's Linux plus React versus Linux plus Java, because <laughs> that's all Android is. It's Linux plus Java. Um, so, yeah. Amazon is moving away from Android OS. All right. And Omega is dying. I never really used Omega. I know, big, big surprise there. Um, they've been sued out the backside. Um, all sorts of problems with Omegle. Um, so Omegle, if you're not familiar, um, randomly paired people up for video-based chats, um, and it that randomness led to some interesting things, but also some very dark things because there are a lot of people who uh, misused it. So, started in 2009 um, because its developer founder wanted a form of social spontaneity which didn't seem to exist anywhere else. Omega was meant to be a way of strolling down a street in that village, striking up conversations with the people you ran, to, ran into along the way. Unfortunately, some of these people on the virtual road had bad intentions. Big shocking. Big shock. Not... Um... Yeah. It was mentioned in over 50 pedophilia-related lawsuits in the last 50 years, according to the BBC. Um, in one case, Omegle paired an 11-year-old girl with a predator. Oh boy! Why are children on these platforms? Ugh. Come on. 
The judge in that lawsuit concluded that it was Omegle's product design that ultimately opened the door for more, law for more lawsuits, which meant that the company could be held responsible. There can be no honest accounting of Omegle without acknowledging that some people misused it, including to, com including to commit unspeakably heinous crimes. That's the founder. Virtually every tool can be used for good or for evil, and that is especially true of communication tools due to their innate flexibility. Omegle worked with law enforcement agencies and the National Center for Mission Missing and Exploited Children to go after predators. But it's a never-ending battle which must be fought and refought every day. As much as I wish circumstances were different, the stress and expense of this fight, coupled with the existing stress and expense of operating Omegle and fighting its misuse, are simply too much. So he's encouraging his supporters to donate to the Electronic Frontier Foundation and Omegle is now dead. Gone. Rip. Um, yeah. Just what it is. So that that's where we're going to land this plane for today. Um, yeah, sorry about the weird tech issues earlier on. Um, I'm going to run back through what I was kind of saying. So this guy, this whistleblower from Instagram, who was in charge of caring responsibility, basically making sure that kids don't get, you know, preyed upon um, and people aren't hurt on the platform. Um, yeah. It's anyway. So yeah, um, Instagram, that's right. So this guy was in charge of some major stuff over at Instagram. Um, he found that his 13 year old was being preyed upon. And I have to wonder why somebody would let their 13 year old get on a platform like Instagram in the first place when anybody who pays any attention whatsoever knows knows that this is a profoundly broken cesspool-like platform that was almost designed I'm not going to outright say it was designed for it but that was at least somewhat designed for enabling predation. Yeah. I said it. And, you know, I used to post regularly on the platform. Back when I was doing real estate. Um, actually used to really appreciate it back in the day. However, However, it's a, it's a cluster mess. And if Connor were on with me right now, he'd say it was a clusterfuck. 
Um, I don't think there's a good way to clean it up. I really don't. I think it and its parent platform, Meta, need to be disenfranchised. I think that there's not really a way to save these. Um, and the sad reality, and this is going to sound really cynical, I don't want this to be the case, but the sad reality is there's almost no way to have freedom of speech on these platforms, period. Um, but there's no way to ensure freedom of speech whilst still protecting people effectively from predation, from um, all these horrible things. Um, because these platforms were actually designed to give that capability. They were set up. Think about the people who are the most popular on Instagram. You have your your e-thoughts, right? Your, um, your classic daddy issue types, right? And when you're dealing with daddy issue types who have learned through trial and error that the best way to get attention is to reveal their bodies, then we wind up with the situation that we, the situation at hand. What is the situation at hand? Well, the situation at hand is that people are incentivized to debase themselves, especially women, because the more they reveal, the more likes they get. And, you know, that's a giant dopamine hit, right? Giant dopamine hit. So, and that's all of social media. That's not just Instagram. That's not just Meta. That's Twitter. That's um, Snapchat. That's we just talked about Omegle, which is no, which is no longer a thing. Um, all these platforms, they may not have been founded to promote these abhorrent things, but they've been used excessively. They've been used, they've been used excessively to Anyway, they've been used excessively to encourage these these things, um, and that's sad because at their core, they're not bad. Hopefully, who knows? I'm not going to get into that one. Don't feel like getting my tin my tinfoil hat on. Um, then we talked about. Michigan going green. <laughs> and how I wondered if Michigan 
if the state of Michigan had paid attention over the last couple of years when Texas went green in large part, which is ironic being that Texas, you know, made a lot of its fortune from petroleum, from Texas tea, you know. And they had a massive blizzard a couple years ago, almost two years ago actually, and their entire grid got shut down by it because they were dependent on wind and solar. Um, the turbines froze and there was no direct sunlight during those two weeks. So there was no power generation from the direct sunlight. Yeah, or very limited. And currently, Michigan is not super green. About a third of their grid is green. Renewable. And their goal is that by 2040, they would be completely renewable. Hopefully they're smart enough to put more money into nuclear, which is clean and far more reliable than wind or solar, but it looks like their primary focus is on solar and encouraging homeowners to put solar on their roofs. Wait a minute. Um, Michigan's kind of north and they go through a good chunk of the year where they have very limited sunlight in comparison with a place like Florida or California or, you know, Arizona, where we get 300 some odd days of sun most years. Um, yeah, uh, I don't see this being good for the home of Motor City, right? So yeah, it's, uh, it's a mess. And I think it's kind of stupid, frankly. Um, moving on, Signal, oh yes. The, edit the message editing, the formatting, yes, you can add bold italics, strike through, all the sort of good stuff that's relatively basic for other messaging apps is now finally available in Signal. Yay! Um, we've been talking about Signal lately because it's been targeted by the UK in their, in their efforts against CSAM. Hmm. So I don't know what's actually happened with that because Signal indicated that it would pull out of the UK if that uh, child, if the online safety bill was passed. It was passed. I don't know if they've pulled out or not. So, yeah. Maybe if you're in the UK, let me know in the comments. And uh, is, is Signal still a thing in the UK? I haven't seen any headlines about it re recently. Moving on to Elon World. Let's see. Starlink reset a, a whole bunch of new users accounts and now these users can't access their accounts. Um, some of them already had their service and the service is still working, but they can't get in to make any tweaks. 
Um, some people still have their gear on the way. Some got their gear just before the resets happened. So they're unable to set up their gear and get it connected to their service. Um, and then there are those who ordered and it's on the way and they're like, well, what do we do? Well, the reason that Starlink or SpaceX rather has given for this whoopsie daisy <laughs> is basically that they're trying to get rid of a bunch of credit card fraudsters. Uh, which is good, but that was a really slapdash way to deal with that. Um, so yeah, guys, um, I don't trust Elon. Um, I kind of think that you sh probably shouldn't either. Um, but it is what it is. And, you know, that's that. Um, moving towards AI, I'm sure you've heard about Grok. Um, actually, they, Linus and Luke talked about it on the WAN show last night. Um, so Grok is the latest in allegedly uncensored AI chatbots. This is from XAI, thus still in the Elon world heading. Um, <laughs> and Sam Altman, who's the head of OpenAI, uh, decided that he was going to talk some smack, um, said that it's cringy boomer humor, and that you can easily make a grok alike with the new uh, make your own GPT feature on, on OpenAI. Um, eh, it's just noise and ultimately it serves to benefit Elon because he's getting eyeballs on his new, on his new toy. Um, if it's, if it's genuinely more private, genuinely more secure, maybe take a look at it. Um, Twitter has not been less censorious, so I have... A giant X to doubt in in that regard uh, whether it will actually be better for censorship or not who knows um, yeah so that's that and that leads us into the AI discussion uh, we had <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> Um, Microsoft decided in its infinite wisdom that it was high time to limit its Oh wait, this was not even what I was talking about. This was the next article. Let me uh, make sure I get the right stuff opened up again. 
so I can quote this properly. Oh yes, speaking of uh, being able to create your own GPT, um, it's a, ta a small task specific iteration of chat GPT. Think of them like a single purpose app and a feature on your phone, but instead of them maintaining a timer, a stopwatch, or a digital assistant transcribing your voice instructions into a shopping list, GPTs will do basically anything you train them to. Um, digital kitchen assistant, which suggests recipes based on what's in your pantry, to a math mentor to help your kids through their homework, to a sticker whiz, which will turn your wildest dreams into die-cut stickers shipped right to your door. Um, but what I was really wanting to talk about was, was this. This is absolutely hilarious to me. <laughs> so, Microsoft actually, for a very short time, blocked its employees from using ChatGPT. Let me say that again. Microsoft, who's one of the biggest public investors in OpenAI, the parent for ChatGPT, um, blocked its employees from using it for a little while. Then CNBC noticed and, well, that ban didn't last long. Um, but their reasoning was interesting. Their reasoning was because while Microsoft may own a, a good chunk of OpenAI, it's still a separate company. It's still an external third-party tool, which ha presents its own security issues. Hmm. If Microsoft is admitting this tacitly, okay, then maybe maybe just maybe those of us plebs probably shouldn't be using it anymore hmm? what do you guys think let me know in the comments and microsoft also wants to bring copilot to windows 10 so if you've been holding on to 10 for dear life and you know that it's slated to stop re stop receiving updates in late 2025 yeah about a 10-year life cycle that's not bad for windows actually um they're gonna shove copilot down your throat in an update soon um, or allegedly we'll see um, they're really trying to encourage developers to develop plugins for copilot so they're like how can we do this if not everybody has switched over to Windows 11 oh I know let's let's ship it over to Windows 10 too that's a wonderful idea because they still have more than a billion devices on Windows 10 because people haven't switched in large part except for brand new devices 
because a lot of the older devices can't run Windows 11, whether due to uh, resource issues or due to um, TPM modules and all this nonsense. Yeah, it's a mess. Um, so yeah, they're uh, looking at possibly extending Windows 10 support and shipping Copilot over to Windows 10. So here's my, here's my suggestion for you guys. If you need to use Windows for anything, whether for productivity, whether for gaming, whatever, my strong suggestion is that you virtualize it. You can do GPU, GPU pass-through. It's a little bit tricky, but it can be done. Um, the most straightforward way to do this, that won't require a whole lot of command line stuff, is installing Linux. You can do a real basic Linux install. Basic, basic. Then put something like VirtualBox on the machine. Make sure you have the, the correct kernel headers, and then you can set up Windows 10 and Windows 11 in VMs. In virtual machines, Windows doesn't have as much access to your hardware, which means that you're inherently more secure. And if a virtual machine gets borked, it's not that big of a deal. You can just reinstall it. And it's very easy to back up virtual machines, even easier than regular Windows. So I would strongly suggest you take that, that method. Um, are there issues with that? Sure. But you're going to be more secure and a little bit more private if you choose to run Windows in a VM instead of on bare metal. So take that for what you will. Um, I can help you get that set up if you'd like. Um, moving on though. To cybersecurity. So cybersecurity, we've got uh, all sorts of things in, in the cybersecurity heading. Um, a little um, segue from talking about AI to talking about cybersecurity. There are ChatGPT info stealing malware out there. Um, there's a Python-based info stealer, which is called um, Predator AI, which is currently just meant for educational purposes. Its developers like, only use this for educational purposes. Wink, wink. Um, I'm sure it's been used elsewhere. We just haven't found out about it yet. Um, so it's got a chat-like interface. Um, 
and they're trying to make it less reliant on OpenAI's API while streamlining the its functionalities. Over 11,000 lines of code. My lord. That is a, that's a fatty. Anyway, um, written in Python. You can do all sorts of things in Python. It's not the best language, but it's very functional. Anyway, um, it's meant for attacking things like WordPress or AWS SES. It overlaps with Alien Fox and Legion, which are both cloud spamming tools. Yeah, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if this was already being forked because it is open source um, and used as malware as a service to hack in and steal information from various business cloud accounts. And just because you're not a big guy doesn't mean that you that you're invulnerable to attack because you're, you know, not big. We just don't hear about all the mom and pops that get hit because it's not splashy, right? So yeah, you guys, it's it's a mess. And that's why we need to make sure that we stay humble. Which is an excellent segue into the next story. We need to be careful with not becoming overconfident. Be humble, don't get cocky. Make sure that you're actually prepared and make sure that your resilience is on point. Because just because you have 99% uptime doesn't mean that you're perfect. You want six nines. <laughs> no, I'm not not intentionally being funny there, but seriously, 99.9999%. So you're dealing with what? One ten thousandth, basically a hundredth of a percent of downtime. Um, that's your, that's the gold standard. And even then you need to make sure that your backups are on point, that you're able to restore on a dime. Um, earlier I was talking about having your, having your restoration game so on point that you, you're running almost constant incremental up or incremental backups. Um, so that just in case something goes down, you can easily go, bam, there it is again. And make sure that you have your backups sprinkled around in secure places, secure places. So an on-premises server and a couple of different cloud backups, that's ideal. Okay. Um, if you happen to have multiple locations for your business, um, have two, have one server in each place and then one cloud backup. But that's not most people. Um, so be careful. Don't get cocky. Always be in a, uh, a mode of knowing that you need to learn 
because there's a lot to learn. There's, you got to be current, constantly growing as an IT professional. Um, you, we can't afford to get cocky. Be confident that you can recover. Be confident that you can uh, mitigate against attacks, but don't get cocky. You get cocky and you're going to get caught with your pants down. It's inevitable. So how do we get set up better? How do we get set up better? For cheap. After all, it's important to make sure that your budget's on point. So even as cyber attacks are getting heavier and harder and more numerous over the years, um, cybersecurity budgets are actually shrinking because it's not sexy. It doesn't provide splashy returns. But if your cybersecurity is on point, if your IT is on point, then your business will have a better foundation on which to build the sexier things that give you the awesome ROI. Okay, so how do we do that? How do we, how do we lay the groundwork here? Um, you need to set up great policies, strong access controls, regular vulnerability assessments, incident reports, response plans, um, and awareness training for employers and users on your network. Uh, Multi-factor authentication. Yes, it's a pain in the butt, but properly executed, it's not that big of a pain and it protects your systems. It protects user accounts and ultimately company data. Encrypted privilege access management. This goes back to strong access controls. And then continuous monitoring. Um, things like SIEM, which I've heard a lot about in the last few months, last few weeks. Um, it's just a monitoring, monitoring tool that will alert you when something's hinky. Then you can step in and interfere with it and limit its, its the scope of its damage capabilities. These, and obviously people are the biggest vulnerability. Um, human error. Whether that be not following password best practices. Naughty, naughty. Or clicking a phishing link. Over half of business executives agree that regular employee training is crucial to preventing human-related breaches. Adequate training will raise awareness of the types of threats that exist, as well as how employees can help identify and prevent them. Again, digital hygiene. Proper digital hygiene goes a long, flipping way. If you have the means, set up passwordless. If you don't, then have people use use something like Bitwarden and have it be stored locally. 
on your on-premises cloud, okay? With generated passwords that it will automatically feed into a browser or somebody's Microsoft account or whatever. Um, that way you're, you will be using password best practices. Um, and then also use MFA, use that multi-factor authentication so that just in case somebody manages to brute force pass one of those passwords, they can't just get in right away. And don't just use SMS. SMS is insecure. You can have man in the middle. It, yeah. Use something like Authy, okay? Use something like, um, even Google Authenticator. It's fine. But use that instead of an SMS message, instead of an email, because an email address, can, an email account could have been the first thing that, get, that got hacked. Phishing usually comes through email, right? Um, so yeah, just be aware, be careful, and make sure that you get squared away as best you can. Raise awareness, have those training meetings where your IT pros or your um, security operations center people, whether on-premises or somewhere else in the form of an MSP, there are companies who do that. Um, Lawrence Systems, for instance, but that's beside the point. I'm not affiliated with Tom Lawrence or Lawrence Systems or C CNWR, I think it is. Um, I just watch him on YouTube. Anyway, um, but he's that's one company that I know of that does that. Um, and he knows his stuff, so yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Remember, there are supply chain attacks, and if any link is weak, everybody's vulnerable. Don't be the weak link. Um, so there's the cybersecurity stuff for the week. Um, Amazon going fast. Um, I think that's where I kind of started this segment, but Amazon it has been working on its own Linux spin for about six years now. Um, it's rumored to be called Vega. Um, and instead of AOSP, an Android open source project, which FireOS is based on currently, um, it will be, which is Linux plus Java, essentially, and is four or five versions behind the rest of us who are using Android. Um, and not all AOSPs are that way. Uh, graphene and lineage are most most devices are right where they need to be. They're either current version or one version back plus regular security updates. 
depending on your device. But graphene especially. Graphene is like bleeding edge in terms of um, the latest Android stuff. Anyway, FireOS is not that way. It's based on Android 9, which came out in like 2018. Um, yeah, security nightmare. This is part of why that kid in the UK was able to use a fire stick to hack into uh, Rockstar. God, uh, what a mess. Anyway, so yeah, um, it'll it's Linux plus React, which is a different programming language. Um, and yeah, they've been working on it for six years. I'm actually glad to hear that they're moving away from AOSP. Um, a more a more strictly Linux based alternative seems like it would be better to me. I don't know. And eventually they'll roll it out to the Fire Sticks, to the Echo devices, to your um, home thermostats, all the IoT garbage that they've been sw that they've been uh, slinging for the last uh, about decade actually. Um, and I used to, I actually used to want one. Um, I'm not going to trigger your Alexas. Don't worry. Not going to do it. Not this time. Anyway, so yeah, that's that. They're moving on from Android soonish. We'll see when that happens. Um, and then Omegle, Omegle is dead. Rest in peace. It was a mess. End of story. All right. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, I, I apologize for the earlier tech issues. Um, yeah. That's why I went back through and kind of re-ran the stories. Uh, because, yeah, was having, had some significant audio issues. Um, so like, share, subscribe, comment down below. Music is Warzone by Anodomini Beats as always. Never forget, let's go Brandon. And I will see you guys next week.